Welcome to Gutter to Glory, the entrepreneur's story. We talk with successful entrepreneurs and hear about their journey from where they started and how they got to where they are today. Get tips, insights, and motivation to grow your business and yourself at the same time. Remember guys, we all started somewhere, okay? It's the direction you take that determines your outcome. Yeah. It is. Yay. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Matt from uh, MattRodak.com and Gutter to Glory uh, with my guest, Ruth O'Neill, here today. Uh, Ruth is a specialist in, in podcasting and uh, helping people kind of find their way to, you know, uh, make podcasts, uh, work on them as a, as, a, as a business and use them as a tool to ignite their business and everything. So I uh, just want to introduce Ruth here, guys. Um, so amazing person uh just fyi too you know we we kind of met and connected from a book coming out called air fryer secrets so she's got a chapter in there uh in marketing that's gonna be coming out on november 12th so you guys keep a lookout for that so but welcome to the podcast ruth how you doing i'm doing great matt thank you so much for having me on it's my pleasure to be here with you today thank you so much i appreciate it i appreciate it so uh i'm 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 actually at my cabin today i got a couple properties and I'm up at the mountain place and getting stuff done and uh yeah so that's why it may look a little weird or really bright in the background it's really bright I can't say if you guys can see the mountains or anything but not sure but uh anyway yeah thank you so much again for being on here so <clears throat> basically just want to go through and and kind of find out about you know your 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 story as far as like how you got to where you are today obviously uh and and, and kind of like what made you you know, decide to pursue like an entrepreneurial path. Um, and then just kind of, you know, if, if you could just kind of take us through that journey. And then obviously, you know, if, if you guys, you know, could give, before we go into that, kind of explain to people what you actually do right now as well, as far as the podcasting and, uh, and everything like that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So for right now, um, I help coaches, consultants, authors, you know, entrepreneurs who have a message and they want to share that with the world. So I help them to launch, strategize, optimize their podcast. And then my team and I also help produce that because, you know, we're all so busy. And um, that's, that's one of the things I love to help with is just so they can record the show, they can get it out to their audience, and then we produce it so that they don't have that extra work on the back end. So that's what I help with right now. Um, when I first started my whole entrepreneurial journey, I decided, you know what, graphic design was something that I had been doing for, you know, 13 years. I was like, I'm going to start as a graphic designer and web designer. And so I kind of like went all in on that and very soon realized that first of all, I was one of like a bajillion other graphic and web designers out there. And I really didn't know how to um, make myself unique. And so I struggled for the first couple of years um, just trying to find either the clients and then also get paid what I was worth. Um, and so it was just really, it was really struggling and I wasn't really making much progress in my business. So it's kind of funny because on a whim, you know, I'd been posting a lot of content, you know, Matt, you know, that like content is king and you have to be posting and you have to be engaging with your audience and everything like that. And so I was doing that for, you know, pretty much the entire time as an entrepreneur, but I was not getting traction. So, you know, after two years of doing the, you know, graphic design and web design, not getting as much traction, I decided I'm going to try one more thing until I like completely close my doors and like jump into another business or something. And I was like, I'm going to try a podcast because I've heard that people say that, they're cool, you know, and I'd only listened to a few before that I, I, before I decided that 
this is something I'm going to take on. So I, on a whim decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to call it operation bold because I want people to, you know, be able to embrace their life boldly and, you know, personally, professionally. I'm like, okay, Oh, now what? Oh, I got to get guests. Okay. So I strategized and I got some guests on. And as it turned out, I absolutely fell in love with podcasting, with talking to people, with getting their stories, with helping to kind of pull out the golden nuggets and give that to my audience. And it, it completely exploded beyond my imagination, beyond anything that I ever thought. So I actually was able to kind of close the doors as far as my branding agency goes. And I jumped all in on podcasting. And now that's what I do 100% of the time is my own show and then helping other people to launch and strategize, optimize, produce everything that goes into podcasting for themselves. That's awesome. Awesome. So what, what, when did you like decide, I guess, like what age did you realize, you know, Hey, I, I want to work for myself. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't want to work the nine to five. And, uh, you know, that, that type of thing that, that, that clicked in your head was like, this is an epiphany bridge as Russell Brunson would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, so after high school, I went and taught as a teacher in a small Catholic school and kind of, you know, did the normal thing. I had an extra job on the side because I was making pennies and you know, I loved teaching. I absolutely loved seeing that light bulb go off in my students head, you know, just like when they actually got the concept. Um, when I was, I was in a relationship and, uh, it was kind of to the point where we'd been long distance for over a year and it was like, well, one of us has to move <laughs> for this to like, you know, continue. And so I decided it would be easier for me to get a job in Kansas. That's where my, uh, that's my boyfriend at the time was. So I moved to Kansas and became a uh, manager at a security firm. And that was a really great experience. We ended up getting married. We had a really rough year the first um, the the first year of our marriage. We ended up losing two babies, and then we did get we did get pregnant with our other one, but it was a very high risk pregnancy. So I wasn't able to work outside the home because my doctor said it was just way too much stress on my body. So I ended up staying home and then having my baby, and I loved being a stay at home mom for about eight months. And then something hit me. It's, it's really interesting. My mom had asked if I could write, um, kind of a little paragraph on our family for her Christmas newsletter, something she put out every year. So I was like, yeah, sure. Mom, I can do that. Well, I sat down and I was writing about, you know, my husband and everything that he was doing. And I was writing about our son and, you know, how he was crawling and how he was like the most brilliant baby of all and everything like that. Then it got to me and I couldn't, figure out what to write about myself. And I sat there for like an hour. And I mean, it, I mean, if you know me personally, you know that like I never run out of things to talk about or to say, but I could not figure out what to write down. And then I started to feel really sad and depressed and I got really emotional. And I realized that over the past eight months as being a mom, I wasn't doing I wasn't growing myself. I wasn't reading. I wasn't exploring new avenues. I was just doing the same monotonous things every single day, you know, taking care of my family, washing dishes, doing laundry. And even though I felt needed by my family, I didn't love doing that. And I had grown up very conservative where when you get married, the, the woman stays home and takes care of the kids and the dad goes to work. And so all of a sudden, I started feeling like, wow, I really want to do more with my life. I want to be able to have the family, but I also want to be able to help other people. And I had all these other interests and I realized that I had really put myself on the back burner. And while some people might think, well, that's what moms do and that's selfless and that's, you know, that's honorable at the same time as we have to be taking care of ourselves 
as well and do that self-care because otherwise we can't give our best to our family, to our friends, to our, to our loved ones. And so it was kind of that moment where it clicked and I was like, something has to change and I don't want to just be a stay-at-home mom. I want to be able to get my husband out of his job. I want to be able to do more. And it kind of dawned on me that with all the information at our fingertips these days with Google, with YouTube, with podcasts, with everything, blogs, the ig- our ignorance, like if we're ignorant about something, it's our choice because there's so much information out there for free that if we stay ignorant, it's we're doing the disservice to ourselves. It's it, we're handicapping ourselves. And it was kind of like in that day, it was our first anniversary. My husband came home and I, and he was like, okay, well, what's wrong? I was like crying. And I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you out of your job. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And he's like, okay, let's do it. And that was kind of the start of our crazy journey. Cool. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. So how, how long has it been since you first I guess started, you know, say I am going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, so, um, I've been an entrepreneur now for two and a half years. So going on three years. Okay. Okay. What, what do you think, like, what were some of the biggest struggles or hurdles that you, you know, you had that, uh, that's maybe were abnormal that you would, you would think of like as an entrepreneur, you know, w- would have, um, yeah, and I know there's obviously like, you know, issues in marketing or trying to figure that stuff out, but was there anything that just kind of was like a curveball? You're like, oh man, I didn't even think of that at all. You know, I think part of it, I think one of my biggest struggles, and it was it's part of in how I was raised. Um the girls were we were never really taught to think outside the box and to kind of make decisions for ourselves. Growing up very conservative Catholic, my dad thought, you know, he would make the decisions until we got married, then our husband would make the decision. So we weren't really trained to kind of, you could say, think for ourselves and, you know, how to, if there's a problem, how would you solve it was always kind of like rely on dad or in the future, you'll rely on your husband. And I just never was that type of person. I was always seen as rebellious because I always wanted to, you know, know why not in an argumentative way, but just in a way of like, I'm curious and I want to know why certain things work. And that was always something that, um, you know, growing up was, um, it was, it was not something that was encouraged at all. And we would get, you know, disciplined if we asked too many questions and things like that. And so I think one of the biggest things as I was starting that journey was, all of a sudden I had all this information and I had all these decisions to make, but I really hadn't learned how to make the decisions. I hadn't really learned how to think through a problem to come to that answer by myself. And my husband, God bless him. I love him so much, but he is like the most non-entrepreneurial person out there. And so he would try to help out, but it was kind of like, that's not helpful. (laughs) And so, um, it, for me, it was trying to, there was an overload of information. And I'm sure as you know, the shiny object syndrome, everyone's business is the best. Everyone has the best, best course and ebook and all this stuff. And so kind of navigating that and trying to figure out like, okay, what am I good at? What could I, what skill could I learn? What problem could I solve? And it wasn't until honestly, until I started podcasting that I really started asking and answering these questions myself. I would ask myself them before, but I didn't have the answer. So I would just keep on doing what I'm doing. And we both know that that's the complete definition of insanity. And that's why I wasn't making progress is because I didn't, I didn't have the answers. And I I had to go through that really that struggle in order to figure out how am I going to find the answer 
for these different problems and, and these different questions. Gotcha. That's awesome. So it's, it's, it's interesting as much as like you, you know, you, you learn business and everything like that, become an entrepreneur, but also the, it seems like the growth that you actually had through this, you know, actually helped you, uh, I don't know, mature, but also find yourself too, which is, that, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, uh, besides financial, it seems like it, I mean, in my opinion, it seems like it, it gave a little lot back. Sorry. I'm at the cabin there's mosquitoes. So don't think I'm like on drugs or anything going crazy. If you guys see me just, <laughs> you're good that's what that is so uh but no that that is that's so cool you, you know you're able to, to grow with that and i mean that's definitely something that you know uh is you know out of left field that nobody really think about you know mm-hmm. uh family dynamics and everything growing up is is huge you know when you go into mm-hmm. uh, uh starting a business and everything so that's yeah. awesome um what what other I guess what other, you know, besides podcasting, what other things did you do try first? I know you kind of talked about there was marketing and everything like that, but what, like, how long did you go into that? Like, how long did you know before you realized that this is not my thing? You know, cause obviously like you talked about the yeah. object syndrome, which is huge. Like I said, I got every course mm-hmm. out there and I'm like, great. I'm going to sell <laughs> eBooks, you know, I'm, I'm trinkets from Amazon and then also from yeah. uh, then Mexico and then also mm-hmm. sell car washes. I have no idea, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, how, how many different things have you done and how long did it take? You're like, this is not it, you know, obviously. For yeah. So I started, I started with, um, my very first thing was affiliate marketing, but I didn't know it was affiliate marketing. Um, and the company didn't call it that. I can't even remember what they called. Um, they ended up getting shut down by the FTC. So that was like, okay, wow. Um, but I, so I started in that and then I jumped into another affiliate marketing thing and immediately hated it. Like when I was actually shown like, this is what you're going to do. And you just have to call your friends and your family. I was like, um, no, that is totally not me. I don't, I love to talk, but I don't love to pitch. And so, um, that was something that I just, I was like, I'm not calling up all my friends being like, I have this great, you know, idea and this is going to transform your life. I was like, that's not me. So then I, um, really jumped into, So when I was growing up, I'll just backpedal a little bit here to give you guys some, um, you know, just a broader picture. When I was growing up, um, I struggled a lot with the relationships that I had with my parents, especially with my dad. And we never, we didn't really see eye to eye on anything. And it was, um, there were a lot of different emotional things that happened, um, growing up. And one of my escapes was to get on Photoshop and create beautiful things with graphics. That, that was like, you know, when, when life was, you know, when life was sad and depressing and frustrating on the outside, I love, I could just tune into my computer and, um, go to work on Photoshop. And so that's what I did. And I just, I'm a self-taught graphic designer. So I started that when I was like 11, 12 years old was just getting on there and, you know, clicking buttons. And I never had any fear of, you know, you know, clicking that or whatever. I could just, I knew that I could control Z and it would take it all back. Um, so that's, that's what I did. And so when I was really struggling as an entrepreneur, like to figure out like, what could I do? I was like, well, I know graphic designing. I can turn to that. And so I started graphic designing and I also had just for fun, like as a teacher and in high school, I would like build websites. Um, like, you know, I would do the ones where they have like the the free 30 days. So I'd build a website and then I'd use a different email address and build another website and then use a different email address. And, you know, it was just fun for me. I was like, I'm never paying for this. Um, 
And uh, so I thought like I could do a, you know, web design and graphic design. And then I started learning about funnels and I saw that so many people were designing their websites in a way that was really not helping their, their, their customers to make that sale at all. It was not guiding them in that right way. So as I tried to kind of bridge that gap and explain to, you know, some of my potential clients, you know, what they could do. I got the whole, look, you're just my graphic designer or look, you're just my web designer. I just want you to do it this way. And it was really frustrating for me because as a perfectionist, you know, I, I have a very high standard of excellence and I couldn't put my stamp, my, I couldn't put my brand on that saying that, yes, I designed this when I knew that they were going to be losing money. Mm-hmm. So that was really difficult. And I had to like turn down different business because I just, you know, I couldn't work. I, I mean, I, I just couldn't work with them and be in integrity with myself. So that was really frustrating. There seemed to be this huge education gap, um, between like why you have a website and what your website does for you and how to actually use your website properly. And so I would spend hours and hours and hours consulting and then they would decide to go with somebody else and somebody who's going to do it the way that they wanted. So that was really frustrating. And you know, there are so many graphic designers out there. They're on Fiverr, they're on Upwork, they're, they're everywhere. I was like, how, I can't get paid $5 an hour. Like, how can I actually make this work? And so I had a couple gigs, you know, I would do labels, I would do flyers and, you know, design that, but it just was not, I mean, it barely covered the cost of me, of my software. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously it did not even cover my time whatsoever, but I was trying to build that portfolio and it just seemed like, um, it just seemed like more frustrating as the weeks went on. And as I was working and working and working and not seeing any monetary progress, it was just really frustrating. And so that, that went on for about a year. And I was like, this, this cannot be, (laughs) this is not like freedom or, you know, what I thought entrepreneurship was going to be like at all. So that's what kind of led into, I went to Funnel Hacking Live 2019 back in February And it was right after that, that I decided that I'm going to start my own podcast. And, um, I had kind of branded myself as a brand strategist instead of saying a graphic or web designer. And still that just did not, um, it it wasn't getting me the momentum that I wanted. So that's when I just decided on a whim to start a podcast and it just like, it was meant to be literally. (laughs) That's awesome. That is so awesome. What, uh, who I guess through through the journey and stuff, how, what was it like when, you know, you got your first paying client, I guess, you know, that's the the biggest thing. You know, what was the excitement? Like, what, what did you feel like when you first sat down and like, man, I actually just got paid for doing something I love. Yeah. So with, when it was with graphic design, that's when I got my very, very, very first client and they had asked me to make some labels. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And they're like, well, have you had other, you know, clients before? And I was like, well, let me show you my portfolio. My portfolio was a mix of all the different things that I had just done for fun. So I didn't lie and tell them, yes, I had clients, but I didn't tell, you know, I was able to show them what I had done in the past. Um, and the, the label, it was several different label designs for, I think it was $250. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've made it. I made $250 and this is going to take me like, couple hours to design. Little did I know that it took me uh, like four weeks and I don't know how many revisions and they, it was very frustrating, but still I made $250 and I just remember on the phone trying to be like so calm and collected. And then after I, I called my husband, like right away, I made sure that like I had actually like 
clicked end on my on my phone so that I could, you know, do a little scream and happy dance. Then I called my husband and I was like, guess what? Um, and he was like, I'm so proud of you and everything. And it was it was really great. But now looking back, I'm like, wow. You know, it's so interesting how how much you grow within a year, two years, three years. And now looking back, I'm like, I was so cute back then thinking that $250 was, was really great. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty good experience though. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it takes, and that's the thing too, you know, obviously, you know, it takes time. It, that's that's the hardest mm-hmm. part is everybody's like, well, when are you going to get a return? When are you, you know, going to get your money back and that's you have no idea you know you you could mm-hmm. get it all back within like a month or it could take 10 years so yeah. uh that's that's the biggest part about being an entrepreneur and having your own business um man yeah it's just an incredible journey what what uh i know you said so you went to funnel hacking live and everything how yeah how do you feel that like for you the the funnels have, do you think since uh february 19 do you think the markets kind of got oversaturated or anything like that with, with type of, or with that? I feel like with funnels. Yeah. I guess maybe in the, in the marketing sector as well. Yeah. I uh, just, just, I feel like, oh, go ahead. I feel like with people, like, especially entrepreneurs, I feel like they think it's going to be one thing that's going to make or break them. And so a lot of people think like, Oh, if I just, have a funnel, I'm going to make a lot of money. But what they don't really understand is that before you can have a funnel that's generating money online, you yourself have to be a funnel. You have to have a system and a process that you take your prospective clients through. And that, that goes into how you talk to them, how you reach out to them on social media, how you build relationships with them, what your um, social media profiles look like. It goes into so much more first than having a click funnel. And I love click funnels and I love Russell Brunson, but let's be honest here. Just having a funnel is not going to make you a lot of money because you have to know the psychology of what goes into that funnel. Like, you know, people will get rich, um, on their first funnel. The majority of them will not like 99.9% of them will not. And they will, you know, they'll get, they, they'll get rich on a funnel after they've, after they have really honed in their process and their method and they're amazing at what they do. And they've been able to get clients from uh, referrals from just reaching out on social media. And honestly, that's, you know, I've just now recently started getting my own credibility funnels out and my own podcasting funnels and my own, like my own um, set of all my funnels out because up until this point, there was no point in me spending the time and money to get those up and going until I had honed in my process. I knew who my target audience was. I already knew how to speak to them. Um, and so I think that, um, especially like going to an event like funnel hacking live or any other big marketing event, you're going to have those people who think, Oh, I just need click funnels and I'm going to be a millionaire. And it's like, well, it's a nice thought. It's really not, it's not a one. It's not, it's not like a, um, a magic pill where if you have click funnels, you're going to be great. It definitely helps and increases your chances of having those higher conversions. But unless you know the psychology behind it, unless you yourself already are a funnel that's working, having that other funnel is just going to be costing you money. Exactly. That's well said. You know, I, I, I think my, my thing is I, you know, coming from a traditional business background had, you know, over 
multiple businesses, you know, from corporate franchises to medical industry and everything like that. And to go into the online field and seeing everything, I just see this huge influx of marketers and people, uh, you know, basically watching, getting, getting a course. And then the next week they're, they're selling their own course on how to become a marketer. And I'm like, Whoa, what? What's going on, man? You know, yeah. And um, it's weird. It's it's good to to kind of hear truth about that too, because I think you know, obviously, you know, ClickFunnels, I, I love them too, and uh, you know, they're selling their their software. That's what it ultimately is. Mm -hmm. So just, uh, but you know, I think it's it's great what you said. Uh, you know, people got to realize, you know, when the, when they start the the business, it is an actual business. So there's so much into it. You know, it's not just you get the course and you start making money within a week or so. So. I'm glad you hit on that because a lot of people just don't, they don't realize that, you know, they, they, they buy mm -hmm. the software and they're, they're, they think then within a week they're going to be cashing a million dollar check and there's so much more to it. So, um, that's, that's amazing part that you hit on with that. So, um, I think it has to do more than also with just click funnels. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about the shiny object syndrome yeah. and you can't, you can't honestly think that, Oh, if I just buy this one course by this one marketer, I'm going to have all the answers you're you know i think you will have a lot more answers but sometimes the more information we take in the more confusion we have yeah. and the more that we're on facebook and we're on social media trying to figure out like who's my target audience and talk with people and everything the more that we compare ourselves and our success and we get distracted and i think that it's so important to just realize that First of all, before we start perfecting our message and getting our clients and things like that, we need to have a couple clients that we've probably gotten on referral, or maybe they're even our family or our friends who we're not charging. You know, there are beta testers, there are guinea pigs. But what we do with them is we go through and we perfect our method so that our method is unique and our method is solid, you know, and we know exactly when I get a client, this is what I'm going to do. So that when we do have that funnel and when we are perfecting our message and we do have people coming in, then we're able to know, oh, this is exactly how I take my clients through. This is how I onboard them. This is what I do. This is how my team steps in and helps out. And having that process, if you try to go out there, take a course one week and then turn around and sell your expertise in another course and think that that's going to work, you might get a couple people who come in and join that. But are you going to have the back end set up? Are you going to know your method of how you actually help those clients one on one or how you coach them, how you consult them? And if you, if you don't have that, you're going to, you might have some really great instant success, but what you're going to have is a lot of dissatisfied clients and it could be very easily ruin your reputation. So I know it's really frustrating to do the whole like, you know, the um, turtle wins the race kind of thing. We all want to be the hare. We all want to be, you know, that rabbit, that, the rabbit that's just like bounding forward and making all those monetary, you know, gains and everything. But in reality, if that could potentially ruin our reputation, I guess I volunteer <laughs> to take the turtle route and just slow and steady, get those clients in, hone in my, hone in my method and then hone in my message and then be able to um, reach the masses. And that's something that I help my, you know, and that's what we go through with, you know, helping my clients with their podcasts because it's really unrealistic to think that you're going to start a podcast and instantly you're going to become the number one on iTunes and everybody's going to know your name. And all of a sudden you're going to be this great success. It's really unrealistic to think that way. But if you think in a way of how can I grow vertically, who can I have on my show? How can I impact them? Um, you're going to grow, you're going to grow slower. 
but you're going to grow and your reputation is going to remain solid and people are going to know that you're a person of integrity and that you know what you're talking about. So I think that's really important to, um, to just be patient. That's good. Cause I, I was planning on selling this podcast right here for $10 million. So you're saying that is not possible. <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately I hate to break it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end the meeting then I guess now. I love what you said, like the, the turtle race. I mean, uh, I was just listening to a podcast on, uh, uh, funnel hacking live or something like that. One of the marketing mm-hmm. things on book funnels and, uh, the co the host, I can't remember his name at all, but he, he was like amazed that when he started, he went to an event and was filled with all these millionaires. And within like five years later, they look back at all the people. Like he just consciously went back and, you know, thought about all the people that were there and everything. He's like, it was only two of them who were actually still around. It's like people get mm-hmm. this thing and they make, they, they may make a million dollars, but then that's it. You're, you know, you're done. You blew up and that's it. That's your time. You got a million bucks. You bought your Lamborghini, you know, with gold and diamonds all over it. And then now you're back at work at McDonald's with a Lamborghini. So, right. uh, right. no, that's, it's amazing. That's, that's very, very true. Um, so, so, for you, and I know, so you offer one-on-one coaching, consulting with podcasts and everything. So, okay. Uh, can you tell me a little bit yeah. more about services and everything? Definitely. Yeah. So we do um, the whole, like from no podcast to podcast, as far as the strategy, the, the launch, the optimization, there's so many different things that you can do to make your podcast stand out. And one thing that I love to do with my clients is to um, take the top three podcasts that they have that they really, really resonate with and put them into a Venn diagram, which is the three circles that kind of overlap. And there's that little spot in the middle where all the circles overlap. And obviously we never want to copy our, our competitors because, you know, our copying them is only, it's only ever going to be as good as 60% of what they're doing Mm -hmm. because it's their unique, um, talents and their message and everything like that. But if we model it and we look at the top three, you're able, you're able to see like why you resonate with those particular shows and why you keep coming back and listening. And then in that little circle in the middle where they all overlap, that really shows you where your show can be super unique and how you can have your unique advantage. So it doesn't matter what the podcasts are on. You could have one on marketing. You could have one on taxidermy or whatever. If you're able to identify the qualities of the show and why you come back and listen, and then you're able to kind of take the average of all three of those, that will give you a really great unique advantage um, in the marketplace. And I think that's what we're all looking for is to establish our authority and credibility but have it unique. We, we need to be unique to ourselves. And I think that's where us being able to just be transparent about who we are, our pasts, um, you know, our goals are, are, you know, the days that we have that are great. And the days that are like, we feel like we're not able to keep pressing on, you know, if we're able to kind of identify that and really be transparent in our podcasts, that's definitely going to help people come back. And so that's one of the things I love doing with my clients is just walking through that process with them and helping them to identify that, um, so that they can really stand out. And then my team and I also do all of the, the production, another very, um, so I did graphic design as like kind of an escape. I also did video and audio editing as like a hobby. Like I would just like edit that stuff. Like it was, you know, birthday cake. I just loved doing it. So I started also doing that. And then, um, realized I could not scale um, if I was the person who was constantly doing all the editing. So I have a team now and they help with all of the production and show notes and everything like that, just to really 
make sure that the podcasts that we're producing are extremely high level. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's a lot more high level than me sitting in my cabin, you know, squatting mosquitoes, my dog staring at me, waiting for him to make a sound. So, <laughs> uh, a lot, we need uh, all kinds, Matt. We need all kinds. I, I feel like, like my, my video, I feel like my face is darker than my head. I feel like my head's just glowing. So I don't know. I'm going to have to <laughs> pay you some 20 bucks to help me fix that or something, man. But uh, yeah, guys, I, I can't say enough about Ruth. She's, she, you know, she's been amazing helping me uh, with everything and helping a ton of people, you know, out in the community. And, you know, if you want to grow your business, uh, wh whatever it is you have, if it's a, it's a pizza shop, landscaping company, uh, get out there, talk to people about it. You know, social media, it's, it's the time, uh, sitting back, you know, you don't want to be like toys or us. So, uh, you know, definitely hit up Ruth, uh, for consulting. That's one of the biggest and amazing things about her is, you know, the consulting she has is it's, it's one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not, you know, you're not joining something where it's a, um, you know, there's a lot of great masterminds out there, but when you get to that one-on-one -on -one and somebody's actually listening to you, you know, that, that kind of changes the game, you know, gives you personally involved and gets you uh, personal motivation. So, um, you know, check out Ruth, uh, Ruth O'Neill HQ.com. That's R U T H O N E I L L HQ.com. I just read that off the screen. Um, and then, so yeah, is it what, what, do you have any specials going on now or anything? Or is there anything else you, you know that offer or I don't know, gift cards? Yeah, I'm taking I am taking on I'm taking on some beta clients right now because I'm going through some new strategies and working on some different um, some different angles as far as making podcasts um, blow up. So if anyone's interested in being a uh, a beta client and getting a huge discount on launching your podcast. Um, definitely hit me up. Either you can go to RuthOneillHQ.com or it's RuthOneillHQ across all social media platforms. Let me know that you heard about it through the Gutter to Glory podcast and I'll make sure to give you a huge discount on launching your podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ruth. It uh, kind of ended that time right here. I just kind of looked at the time. Sorry. Um, anything else? Any last words of wisdom or anything? Or You know what? Actually, question. What's your favorite podcast? Ooh, uh, my favorite podcast would probably have to be um, probably either uh, Russell Brunson's Marketing Secrets or I really love Brendan Bouchard's uh, High Performance. I just, um, I'm trying to be a high performer myself. And so listening to the, both of those podcasts are, are definitely, um, I'm subscribed and have downloaded like all and listened, binge listened to all of their episodes. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love Russell's too. He's so, he's so like natural with it. He's a sneaky little man. Yeah. It's uh, I love when he's driving his Ferrari too. How you hear that? Like <laughs> during your car, man. Like with me, I, I do, I'll do stuff all, all, all the time, like in my truck. So I don't know if you hear anything, but mm -hmm. it's like, it's funny. You sit there, like I said, just hearing him talk the next thing you know, you know, I'm like, he's in a red Ferrari, like driving down the road. So <laughs> that's why I love one thing about podcasting is it's such an intimate experience that you can you speak to your clients because you know they can be listening to you in the car you can be in their pocket while they're walking around at the gym or cooking dinner or whatever but you just being able to be natural and just yourself whether you're hopping in your car or whether you're sitting out at the lake and you just want to be able to talk to them it's such an intimate experience unlike youtube or any video where you actually have to kind of command their attention 
podcasting, you just kind of get to listen and their soul just absorbs everything that you're saying. And I just, that's one of the reasons I'm a huge podcast fanatic and obviously I promote podcasts, you know, (laughs) Um, but I just love that because it's such it's such a personal way to speak with them. And when you're able to deliver a podcast like you yourself, you're amazing at doing this. You just talk so naturally. So your audience feels like you're, you're getting, you're having this conversation so that they can have the golden nuggets. And so it's all about the audience. And I think that's so important, you know, great podcast hosts, they do that. So you Russell, you know, Brendan, you know, all, all of you just make it so enjoyable for your audience um, to listen to. So I, I greatly, greatly appreciate and admire that. So you're comparing me to Russell Brunson and Brendan Bouchard. That's awesome. Go um, <laughs> ahead. I'm going to put that I, I don't give that away lightly, okay? <laughs> so I don't give that away. <laughs> I, I'm actually wrong too also. So that's why it's making it flow a little bit easier. But uh, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much, Ruth. I appreciate your time with this. Uh, guys, if, like I said, if you have any questions or anything about podcasting, hit her up. She's amazing, guys, okay? Uh, can take. Sorry, there's a mosquito. Uh, take you from zero, you know, followers to a hundred thousand, a million, whatever. I, I don't know, every, anything. There's no limit. So, guys, hit up Ruth, okay? Uh, get your one-on-one consulting. Ruth O'Neill HQ.com. R U T R U T H O N E I L L HQ.com. Uh, check her out and make sure to mention Gutter's Glory and me, and uh, get your bid discount. So, thank you so much, Ruth. I appreciate it for your time. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. All right, thank you.